0: welcome to dear pop culture podcast this is the podcast where we talk about pop culture that is dear to us um brought to you by comedy here often podcast network um i am the host gina harms uh, the host that's a thing um and today i am joined by a lovely guest who is so funny and delightful um please welcome liam garrow hi hi oh my gosh tell people, on the screen.
1: i know i was gina was like oh my god it's so awful <laughs> when you're like introing someone and they're just like watching you do the intro and i was like let me just put my thumb over the camera <laughs> and then i will pull it up as though it were like the old t- like tonight show curtain <laughs> yes. from the 90s and then i just like emerge and it's like here i am
0: yeah uh, i actually that was great <laughs>
1: You know, if you could now moving forward, like every guest is like, "Hey, I know this is gonna be super weird. Just for the first ten seconds, can you just like super quick put your thumb over your camera? I would love that, so I don't feel like you're watching me." Oh my me.
0: god, that would be so funny! And They'd like and then like I don't know, two of my podcast guests would like be talking to be like, "Did you make you do that thing?" Like,
1: <laughs> and they're like the thumb thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's just huge. that's Gina. She's crazy. Um. <laughs> Uh, um. but it's so exciting to be here i have to tell you like i am so flattered that you would ask and i i mean when you also told me like the general like thrust and premise of your podcast i was like (gasps) it was one of those things where i was like i wanted to be asked on but i didn't want to invite myself so when you asked me i was Uh like oh my god yes (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my god that makes me so happy um yeah of course i'm excited um uh, to have you we've we've only met once before this it's um,
1: True.
0: yeah so this is like exciting um this is us getting to know each other
1: <laughs> i know it really is and this is also like because <sighs> gina and i really connected through twitter we had like one social distance hangout we both live in vancouver and this is really only our second time properly chatting, but it is a nice way to sort of like, because the whole like fuel in the tank with a podcast is like forced conversation anyway. Like it (laughs) is a nice way to be like, okay, well like interview or not, like we are getting to know each other. Like it's just such a nice excuse to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. Just to, yeah. Be able to talk to people. (laughs) That's what I was like telling someone. They're like, why do you like doing the podcast? I'm like, Oh, like, just like nice for me to hang out with someone every week and they're like oh you don't do it like to entertain others i'm like no, no, no not really.
1: oh, I, <laughs> I make no bones about the fact that my, like i have a podcast as well and the entire yes. like genesis behind it is, is like oh no it's an excuse for me to talk to people that i like i don't make any like there's no like yeah it's about like getting to know someone's intimate selves i'm like no it's so i get to like talk to people who i'm like oh you're so awesome
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah totally totally <laughs> i
0: love that um yeah so i mean well i can we can just like get into the the part the the subject matter a little uh, um let's pass the appetizer let's get right
1: to the main course <laughs> right, give me the so meat you- dish with potatoes
0: <laughs> what how do you like your potatoes
1: i have to tell you something i enjoy them a myriad of different ways i love a versatile starch and so i like i like a chunky mash with the skin on i think it's crazy to me when people skin a potato and then mash it i'm like you're losing all the nutrients i like um i love a scallop potato for a special occasion but also don't i'm not going to turn my nose up at a classic boiled potato that's just like chock full of butter
0: Mm, yeah i love that I'm, I mean, that's a good answer. I
1: mean, th- <laughs> thank you. I was like, nervous about it. I was like, what if she judges my potato <laughs> choice? Do you know something? I actually three days ago made homemade latkes. Oh my God. Which so I've good. never made before. And my apartment, this honestly was for, like three or four days ago. My apartment still smells like onion. And I've never been happier. I mm. walk through the front door and it still smells like something was just recently deep fried, which was, oh. has really always been my dream. Like, my dream smell for home is for, like, a house to always smell like we're in the middle of brunch service. Um,
0: you're like, yes. does it just
1: kind of always smell like bacon? You're like, yes.
0: <laughs> and coffee.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Remember, like, in the 90s when, like, I feel like Glade plugins were first coming to fruition. And so much <laughs> of, like, that commercial was like, you know... Um, uh like uh get rid of those that nasty onion and garlic smell that's wafting around your house. And you're like, that's all I want my house to smell like. Like I would buy the onion garlic glade plug-in. Like that is the scent I want for my home.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: What's wrong with food? Like <laughs> that's a good smell. <laughs> I know. They're like fresh linen. I'm like, I honestly would prefer if I could just have my entire home smell like a butter-based sauce, but sure, whatever you want. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Yeah. or like baked bread or something. Yes, thank you, Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Yeah, Um, okay, we got sidetracked there by Potatoes, but that's a good thing to get sidetracked on. Um, But anyway, what what pop culture are you currently into? Like,
1: what's something you've
0: watched or listened to recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. Like, I think pop culture is such like a fascinatingly like i think broad thing obviously and particularly and not just like not to paint with too like broad um you know broad a stroke here but like being gay i do think it seems like a very sort of like foundational element to like the way in which we like process the world so like when you ask the question of like well what pop culture are you into right now and i'm like um <laughs> all of it like oh, yeah sorry, yeah all, all of the, all of the pop culture is what i think you meant to ask me <laughs> absolutely I, I have to say right now i actually am so happy that we're having this conversation now because i think as a result of covid there's been so much in the way of like tv stuff that's been delayed right obviously because mm-hmm. stuff can't shoot stuff can't blah 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 mm-hmm the thing, though, that has literally just come back, and this is like two weeks ago. Do you know about the show Search Party? Yes, I haven't watched it. I I would. I want to. I first of all, sorry, you're apparently so busy during COVID that you can't <laughs> mark some <time laughs> It's not for TV streaming show. anywhere. Gina, go to a <laughs> pirate site. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're you're acting like there aren't free means of trying to like secure content like no one in canada has hbo max but we're making it work you know what i mean so it's a show to let people know kind of what it's about it is now it's on its fourth season each episode each season is like 10 episodes um 10 episodes half an hour a piece so even though you might be four seasons behind like it's so bingeable but the general sort of like premise that starts that kicks things off in the first season is there is this core group of four friends and they have, um, a woman that they went to university with all of a sudden go missing. And they're not, none of them were especially close to this woman, but because especially Dory, who's played by Alia Shawkat because she's feeling rather sort of, Restless and unfulfilled in her life, and really lacking purpose, she realizes that really in this conquest to search for this woman, this is something that kind of gives her life purpose. And of course, as they pursue the search and hunt for this woman that's gone missing, things continue to unravel for everyone. And why I think the show is so delicious is because it is such a perfect marriage of comedy and very sincere, like mystery suspense genre. Mm. And it's so and because and I think the real success of the show is like it oscillates between those two vibes so perfectly. Like when it intends to be a comedy, it's a hilarious it's hilarious. And then when it leans more into like the mystery suspense genre as an audience member, you really are like there are moments even in that show where like I'm kind of like on the edge of my seat watching it, or there are moments where I'm legitimately scared and then like a second later I'm laughing. Like it's it's facility between the two genres I find so brilliant
0: that sounds great yeah now okay you've like fully sold me i knew like vaguely what it was and like that i liked the cast but wow okay it's so
1: delightful (laughs) um and also i think now during quarantine like i think we're all kind of now leaning back on like our comfort like pop culture things you know what i mean like you're hearing about a lot of people like Okay, I rewatched The Office for the 400th time. Okay, I'm I'm watching these movies that I haven't seen for 10 years. I'm watching blah 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 blah. Yep. And for me, I feel like my golden pop culture like moment that's really been a through line is like really what I can only call like, like the true vocalists. Like I'm leaning <gasps> heavily on Linda Ronstadt. I'm leaning on the women that really built me right and i'm leaning on barbara i'm leaning Mm. on kelly clarkson i'm leaning on aretha franklin yes what i mean like i 100 i need like the thing that has always been i think like my primary like i don't know what why would i even say like the thing that has really kind of always been like my pop culture soft spot right it's like women with immaculate singing voices. And it has been that way since I was like 13.
0: Okay. I love that you're saying that. Cause like I had this conversation with somebody like where they're like talking about an artist they like. And I'm like, I think it was like about like Lana Del Rey or something. And I was like, yeah. I have never really gotten into her and then, and then they're like, why? I'm like, I just heard like her voice. It's all so like, uh, and I'm like, I just like people who are good singers. <laughs> like,
1: because, <laughs> do you want to know why I think that is? I really, I've paid a lot of it. To, I've given a lot of thought to this and I, I'm not a visual artist at all, but weirdly, like when I talk about any faction of art, I feel like I use visual visual art a lot to like help sort of create symbolism for what I'm talking about. But it's like, if you thought of a singer as a painter, Mm. The better a singer you are, it's like you have more colors and textures to play with on your palette, right? Yeah. So it's helping yeah. to create a fuller picture. And so it's kind of like, so when you hear someone who's not like that great a singer, like to me, it really narrows the sort of emotional storytelling that you're able to do in a song
0: yes, um I that is very well put. I like that. um, I would also say, like I just a sucker for like somebody belting yes. uh, <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> do you like do you feel like you can distill the moment when like that started to matter to you because I remember vividly what it was for me,
0: oh, um, I'm not exactly sure, like I definitely like. I mean, like Christina Aguilera was probably one of the first for me. Mm -hmm. Um, What's yours? What's your moment?
1: (laughs) I remember. So I really was very much. I was like always interested in like older music, even from the time I was like a little kid, and also Mm -hmm. as like a small pivot. Like I actually stopped listening to the radio in two thousand and (laughs) four. because I at all. Oh oh, no 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 truly because I did (laughs) not like because most of the most of what was on the radio. Like we have to remember pop music in 2004 was kind of like the last gasp of singers who didn't really need to know how to sing things being like all of a sudden auto tune starts to get introduced into the fold. Like Mm. it's all thin, really bad sounding pop music. So I was like, okay, this kind of blows. So then I just started going backwards. But then I remember I was living in Nova Scotia at the time. And then my mom brought home the city of a woman who I didn't know, like, I don't know that I was terribly familiar with the name. I don't know that I was terribly familiar with the album at all. It was new. It had just come out. Mm -hmm. And um, the song starts playing and I was like, kind of like listening and enjoying it. And, you know, like it was on in the background. Like I wasn't paying super close attention to it. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the music cuts out and you just hear a voice. And I felt like then I started to notice like, the sound cutting in and out like on the voice and remember that we're playing it on a CD player, right? Like this is 2004. Mm-hmm. So I like get up to sort of like inspect the CD player and my mom notices me and she's like, Oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, I was like, Oh, well like the CD is skipping. She's like, no, no, no. That's just her holding a note. <gasps> but I had never heard a voice do that before. And do you want to know who it was? <gasps> who? It was Cyndi Lauper. Wow! Because in 2003, she put out basically like like a standards album, but of songs more from like the 50s and 60s. Okay, and they're all like very pared down, beautifully recorded songs. Like the one that um the one that I was sort of referencing earlier. She covers Etta James's "At Last." She does mm. "You Really Got a Hold on Me." She does "Walk on By." She does all these incredible covers. But I had never heard a singer sing that way like i had never it had never occurred to me that singing could be more than just hitting like the notes on the page right yeah and this was kind of the moment when i pivoted it's like i feel like if you lived in the 80s it's like okay were you a madonna girl or were you a cindy girl right Mm. and up until that point i was like an obsessed little gay in the closet fanboy about madonna (laughs) and for as much as i loved and still love her music I was like, but wait a minute. You mean to tell me there's a version of Madonna who also puts out great pop music who can also sing her face off? Let me explore this. Right. And this was the beginning of me really honing in on women who had not only like very listenable, interesting music to listen to, but had like tremendous like control of their like craft as a singer.
0: Yeah. Um i love that i think like that's a good like especially their legacies like comparison comparison between madonna and cindy Lauper. like i would hear i i you know girls just want to have fun and see
1: yes sorry go ahead go 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 go
0: (laughs) well yeah of course she i know she has so much more i know um but like that's kind of her definitive song so to speak that people know her for and like if you listen to it like she actually is like singing her face off in it.
1: It's a hard song to sing. It's the most, it's my favorite thing. I'm not a big karaoke person. Like my, I, I hate karaoke. Cause to me, it's just forced fun. Like I don't like the idea of someone being like, we're going to go do this to do this. I'm like, okay. But it's so funny. Cause inevitably there's always the one drunk person who's like, I'm going to sing girls. just want to have fun. No big deal. And then it's literally the second they open their mouth to sing it where you're like, Oh, motherfucker. Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, Well, they're like, oh, fuck, this song is so high. Yeah. <laughs> this song is so high. I actually heard Cyndi Lauper talking about that song. She's like, what people don't realize, she's like, Girls Just Want to Have Fun is in an F sharp. That basically is singing like if your voice was a trumpet. Oh, wow. Like that's super, super high. And I think Cyndi Lauper is a fascinating sort of has a very interesting placement in the pop landscape. Cause I actually think she occupies the space that is also sort of allotted to like a Dolly Parton, a Tina Turner, mm. a Donna Summer. And the right. thing they all have in common is they had very distinct physical things that kind of sold their image to the public and the result of which made people not take them seriously as singers. So with Donna Summer and with Tina Turner it's like okay they were the little they were like you had the sexy disco chick and you're the sexy rock and roll chick. Right. And then with Dolly Parton it's like you have like the big boobs animated like you know as big she calls herself hair. yeah as she calls herself like backwards barbie, right? Yeah. And then with Cindy Lauper it's like oh here's this cartoon character come to life. Right, exactly. And it and I think those women kind of really amplify this thing that has like plagued women and been imposed on women forever, which is like, if you look a certain way, you're going to get ignored in these other areas of your career. Right.
0: Yeah. Or like people just think that you're a pop star, but they're like, like I even with like now I remember when like A Star Is Born came out people were like wow Lady Gaga
1: can really sing and I'm like it's like yeah I'm out of your Ugh. fucking mind <laughs> no it's actually gah it's actually gah um, <laughs> you fucked up um, let's take Fuck it again um, <laughs> everyone welcome to but um, it's like no 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 but it's totally true but it's like and of course there are still women like there are still women who are plagued by that right where it's like yeah. Like I feel like there are still people who are like, oh, Beyonce's a great singer. You're like,
0: where have you been? Yeah. Like,
1: truly, where have you been?
0: Yes. I, I I, even, I remember when Dreamgirls came out, it was like a similar to A Star is Born. People were like, oh, like Beyonce, like her doing a musical. And it's like, yes, like she has an incredible
1: voice. I like, I, it's, it's so crazy. It's like that weird thing though, where... But then you have to, of course, factor into the conversation that it's like, if they didn't do that, if they didn't have their image, let's say, mm-hmm. then you're accused of being like too milk toast or too boring. And it's just this thing that, of course, like, and I certainly don't need to tell you this, but it's, like it's this <laughs> thing, of course, that is imposed on women on, all the time, which is this thing of like, you need to be everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like you need to be did you ever did you ever watch um amy schumer's sketch show yes i loved that show as did i and she had an incredible sketch on that show that i think really communicated that perfectly and the scene is that she's she's like gone home with a guy and they're about to have sex but she's like not really sure what the vibe is so she excuses herself to the washroom and she calls up a girlfriend she goes i can't really suss this guy out like basically i don't know if he like wants me to be the madonna or if he wants me to be the whore and the friend Mm. just goes oh yeah both like (laughs) you need to yeah 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 so what you need to do is you need to act like you're really really interested in sex and are very horny but you need to also act like you've never had sex before but not in a prudish way but like (laughs) in a virginal like he gets to deflower you a but not in a way where you're like you don't have any experience like you need to know everything about sex but have never done it like it's that weird like thing that like It's that line that women have to cross and have to walk all the time. And so with these women, it's this thing of like, yeah, have your image and have that be the thing that really sells you to a public, but then don't expect us to take you seriously as singers. Right. Exactly. Right. So sad. It's awful. It's so awful.
0: Um, I want to just talk about my favorite Amy Schumer sketch, um, because why not? Um, Because I, yeah, I really did like that show, and it was one where um, all these friends, like, slowly one person would run into each other on the street and then like until there was like a lot of them but every time a new girl would like run bump into the group they would just they would give her a compliment and it would be like oh my god like I, I love your hair and then the, the, the every time they just be like oh please like it it looks terrible and like I got stopped by someone thought I was a dog on the way here and like just every single one of them discounted the compliment and then like at the very end I think it was like Nikki Glazer comes in and then they're just like oh my god like like, your makeup looks great you look so good and she just goes thanks and then they all like um it's spontaneously combust <laughs> yeah
1: totally yes right yeah i don't don't you Genius. think we're kind of moving like into that space now because it's interesting it's only been in the last handful of years that i think we kind of have had like this bo- body positivity movement really kind of take hold mm-hmm. and i'm i think so much of so much that's obviously doing so much good but i think one of the things that it's sort of teaching us is not only about like look at like the diversity of beauty but also like it's okay to feel good about yourself like and if someone says something nice to you like you get to just say thank you and that doesn't make you an asshole and if anything if some when you like be doing a compliment like that, it actually makes the other person kind of feel like shit. Cause for mm-hmm. you to say to someone like, Oh, I think your hair looks great. It's like, it actually looks like, um, if someone stuck like, um, a wet mop on top of my head, it's like, Oh, so I guess I'm the idiot. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I, sorry. I guess, I guess I'm the dumbest bitch alive. Oops.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's shitty. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it's okay to accept the compliment and then, believe it and be like oh they they meant it
1: (laughs) yeah no i know it's so it's so bananas to me and also and i think that like a big thing that like women and gay men have in common is this thing of like we've really learned how to like make ourselves small and so there's like that other thing that happens when like someone gives us a compliment and we all adopt that voice of like thank you oh my god no yeah like (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i don't even deserve it oh my god like that kind of thing and it's like yeah there is nothing that gets lost just by like accepting the compliment like a normal human being
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's really funny I love when people, when you compliment um, like a piece of clothing and then people automatically
1: tell you where it's from. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not only that, but then they also tell you how much it cost, either yeah, expensive it was on or sale. not. Yeah. Can you believe? <laughs> guess what? Only $7. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I never once brought up the monetary value of your clothing. And, but also, meant, it's like, it's also meant to kind of undercut sometimes, right? Cause it's like, Oh, the right. shirt. Oh, I just found it at the bottom of the bin at Value Village. Right. It was, almost, it
0: was yeah, only yeah. That's so true. You're like,
1: okay, well, drag me to fucking hell, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, it's guess nice. I'll go, I guess I'll go kill myself. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I have poor judgment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: um. Well, we've already talked a bit about like what your past pop culture l- l- interests were, but um, let's go into more um in your youth. Uh, what what was what were you into what was <laughs>
1: what was like the big thing well i think i think like, i think for me before like i'm definitely like a big so i was saying like mm, like singers like great singers like that definitely be like mm-hmm. took hold me when i was a kid but the really like the first thing where i feel like i remember like <gasps> obsessing over was like funny women like oh Bit, and and I think this has to do and this is very specifically like funny women because I need to tell you this is absolutely true and I realized by the way what I'm about to say if I said about women people would think I'm a monster but I really didn't start to find men funny until I was in my early 20s like I actually <laughs> honest to God I like didn't get it I was like sorry you mean this man stands on stage and he talks about how awful his girlfriend is even though she seems like a saint sorry why why are we laughing oh.
0: like Like, yeah like like popular male stand-ups
1: yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but so for me and see and it's such like uh this is such a bummer considering everything that's like taking place now but when i was a young child i was the hugest fan of roseanne like oh loved that show so much and and also like what she politically stood for at the time, were very left-leaning values. She was very much like seemingly like, you know, on side and like totally. a good fight. And which is what's made so much of her pivot in the last 10 years, totally baffling. But, um, and I think a little maybe in relation to her mental health issues anyway. But the thing, I mean, that, the thing that the Roseanne show really gave me was the first indication that like, oh, maybe my family is normal. Right. Particularly with family sitcoms in the 80s and 90s, there was such a whitewashing, not only literally, but also like emotionally of how we were told families engage with one another. Mm. And actually, this was a very real thing in the 80s. In writers rooms for family sitcoms, it was they were it was like the family sitcom equation. It was like two thirds humor, one third lovey touchy like group hug at the end Heart. of the episode moment. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And so then Roseanne comes along and it's people who look like real people. They're people who are fighting about real things. You have a family who are not affluent. They don't live affluently. There's no illusion of them having money. Mm-hmm. The storylines on that show are actually storylines I firmly believe that if, an, if you try to get a storyline about domestic abuse on a network network, primetime family show now sitcom. they'd be like they'd be like okay go to hbo like we're sorry that doesn't live on nbc or abc or fox anymore like it doesn't and yeah. so when you also like when you look at the landscape of sort of like what that show is able to sort of i think give voice to it was very it was very impactful to me as like an 9 nine-year-old it meant so much and also to this day Still, some of like the best joke writing on television. Hmm. Cause they're not jokes. They're like, <laughs> they, and actually, Roseanne was like, she apparently would fucking rake those writers over the coals. Cause she was like, you need to all, she actually said, you need to all stop writing jokes. That's not how people talk. Oh, wow. You need, which is funny, right? Coming from a stand up, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you need to write the way that people speak and you need to, the humor needs to be about what's situationally happening. Right. Which is it's why just, that show was so smart.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't remember it too much. I know I I've like seen a bit of it. Um but it's like definitely a lot of like the sarcasm and like one of the the daughter Darlene, is it Darlene? Darlene? Oh yeah. I I loved her. I
1: <laughs> Well because she was like, "Oh, the depressed teenager, like laying on the couch. Yeah, that's us. Like, oh, he, right. Like, right. <laughs> oh, great. And then also that they would then paint Becky as being like, yes, the overachieving A student, but then the one who's also like kind of bitter and chagrined at the world. Like, all of those ca- characters were like so textured and so deep. And like, fucking mm-hmm. Lori Metcalf on that show as Aunt Jackie is like, if she. Oh, yeah. She is one of the best goddamn actors out there. And I feel like she has kind of had like a career renaissance in the last few years, which of course is like a game. And I'm very happy about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that show for me was, I feel like probably the first thing I can remember being like, no, 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 no. Like I have to be home at this time to watch it. Right. Like I need to, anytime it's on, I'm going to sit down and make sure I take it in, even though it's an episode I've seen a million times because it was a very emotionally validating show on top of being it, like insanely hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to do. That's, that's great. Um,
1: well, and also think about the last show that profiled a working class family.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like shame,
1: <laughs> like shameless. Right. And then like full stop. Like that's, I mean, I can't,
0: that's especially so like, true especially
1: a sitcom like i cannot think of the last sitcom that was like the combined um income for this household is fifty thousand dollars right like i you don't yeah see that. you do not know
0: it's watching sitcoms or like any tv it's almost always like oh well i how would how do they afford to live there
1: <laughs> well right or when they're like or like i remember like when the first season of glee was underway like the first 13 episodes of that show god were so great and then what a nose! what a nosedive it took literally episode 14 (laughs) onwards but i remember like a huge point of contention with that thing was always like oh man our glee department doesn't have any money and we need to raise money for this thing and then you like look at what they're pulling together for the set pieces for the show the like songs that would help to like interstitially tell the story of each episode you're like sorry wow for a uh glee department that seems to be struggling financially <laughs> you seem to have no problem finding like 18 foot like set pieces that spell out the name kurt and lights like oh wait i don't <laughs> like, sorry is, yeah
0: yeah it was always like is this supposed to be like in the school are we supposed to be seeing this is this like a dream <laughs> right is <laughs> <sequence>? this like <laughs> totally and <then> you're like
1: <laughs> it does it does really bother me when yeah when someone particularly when like someone makes money, a sort of like plot point of the storytelling and they're like, oh man, we're really on like, geez, we're really, we're getting desperate and we're like on the precipice of being broke and you're like, okay, but your car is so nice. Like, I don't like wait. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's so annoying. Your Um, house is so big. I don't
0: yeah, Not struggle. Sorry. Yeah, you're 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 all going to college still, like. I, <laughs> yeah, and in the states, know. so
1: that's like two hundred and fifty thousand bucks a kid. You're like, you're yeah, fine.
0: yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You're fine. Yeah. <sighs> um. Well, uh, to talk
1: about funny women, were you into like Saturday Night Live? Um. sherry O'Terry, Molly Shannon, Anna Gasteyer. <sighs> those were like my first. Like, oh my god. And Sherry O'Terry especially, and I, and I love I find, Sherry O'Terry. <laughs> and she to me is like still like so undersung and underappreciated. But I loved how wonderfully physical and manic her characters were. You know, mm-hmm. I I was so in love, and then and then immediately the next iteration after that, which was which was sort of like the generation of SNL that I got more into, was like Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey. Yeah amazing amazing and also and because no one ever talks about it but also mad tv i was yes, also true. mad tv and i think everyone watched
0: both yeah
1: yes <laughs> and, but but the women on mad tv never ever got credit or sort of like career cachet oh. in the way that the snl women did right yes nicole
0: sullivan um is Debra incredible Wilson,
1: uh, yeah uh, uh <laughs> stephanie weir mo collins alex borstein i mean yeah I was, I was just as excited about the work they were doing on mad tv as i was about you know what anything amy Poehler was doing on snl yeah so, snl was like a huge deal that was like teenager liam no joke every saturday night sitting alone in the dark eating a whole pumpkin pie gina that oh was my so
0: god fun. that's <laughs> I love how I, it.
1: that was honest to god how i spent my teenage years like that's loved it would tape every episode would rewatch it would basically memorize sketches i still i still can give certain sketches back to you verbatim like i still remember like weekend update jokes like Mm. it's all it all lives there it's all like a part of my like cellular makeup as a person
0: yeah that's great um do you have like a it's hard to pick like one but like a favorite sketch
1: I remember always having such such a soft spot for when Amy Poehler was her character Caitlin. Do you remember that?
0: Um, is that the little girl? hmm Oh uh yes. <laughs> the yeah. the what, with Rick, her stepdad,
1: That's just right. like come on,
0: Rick. Rick. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I and
1: obviously like such an homage to like Gilda Radner, that character, but like mm. I just remember and I don't know what it is. Like it's because it's weirdly like and I'm sure you can appreciate this being in comedy, but it's like weirdly like a weird comedy snobbery thing is like, well, we mustn't play children. You're like, why? It's funny. Like when you, it's funny. And so there was something like, again, I love the mania of it. I love how, like I loved her physicality as a character. And like, yes like the voice is incredible but like the writing was always so good and i also loved that relationship because it's like yeah. like because i feel like every time you see like a step-parent relationship in anything it's always like oh my stepdad but that she would have endowed caitlin as loving her stepdad rick so much
0: that's i love that yeah that's such a good point and like horatio Sands was, like, just such the straight man in that. But, like, yeah, that that was key, like, you know. And he's, like,
1: obviously not even, like, the most impressive stepdad. Like, he's a real, like... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm kind of, like, just taking my stepdaughter to the mall and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And yet, like, you know, when she needed to be saved, like, he came to her rescue and he would always, you know, say, like... Uh no, Caitlin, you can't go to that you know party where they're maybe going to be smoking cigarettes, and then she's like, "Oh no way, Rick! Thank you, Rick!" <laughs> you know, like all of a sudden, like you know, and it just like, and it's stuff like that that makes something stand out. Like when you have a relationship that's told from a different perspective, also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like probably the one where, like, when I saw, I was like, <gasps> like I got all excited about.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's one of my favorites too, for sure. Um well i feel like we've um kind of run to the end um i know but so So, so i went by so fast I, yeah, it truly does.
1: Um, I also feel like you asked me four questions and I was like, let me give you 20 minute long answers. Here we <laughs> go. Um, welcome to my TED talk, like headpiece. Okay, great. <laughs> I,
0: that's, that's exactly what I love.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Great. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but I always end with um, a little like bit of a quick fire question. <gasps> oh my God. I so, love this. yes. Um. Yeah. So I, I ask everyone this. Uh, which, which spice girl are you?
1: Oh, I am. <laughs> ginger not because i like Ooh. dress really fabulously but i'm definitely ready to like kind of like take the piss out a little bit nice yeah yeah
0: okay um okay and then um would you rather be a pop star or a movie
1: star <laughs> pop star because i really feel like being being a good singer i think is like the closest thing that we as people have to like witnessing a superpower yes so th- that's what the one i would pick
0: yeah, same. I'm like, I want, <laughs> I don't want this, it, but it's like, you know, like pop stars, it's like people weep at their feet. I, that's and now I I'm also, like, Do you I know, know what? I actually, I have people
1: crying when I walk in the room routine. <laughs> routine you now, Gina, so I kind of already have carved that out for myself. Oh my god! Not to Liam. brag, you're, you're like, <laughs> I was getting misty, like when you took your thumb
0: off of your camera. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's um... great. Um, okay, and um, let's see. I this is a new one. Uh, So, if you ever watched much music, Uh uh, you know Canadian music channel.
1: Which show would you have been a host of?
0: (laughs) This is kind of a
1: hard. Oh, hang on. Well, no, but I can I can answer. Do you do you mean pre existing show or a show that I would like invent to fit that network?
0: Ooh, uh, I was thinking pre-existing, but if you w- have a pitch,
1: <laughs> I mean, I I could probably like whip something off the top of my head. However, <laughs> I think I would have been excellent at like video on demand. Ah, uh, yeah, that was like because that was like um right or was it much on like demand? much on demand much on demand much on demand. Right. I could have. I feel like I would have done great with like the crowd work. I think I could have thrown to like george strombolopoulos for his like weird minute of like news but also comedy from not a comedian (laughs) that was always the thing that flummoxed me about george strombolopoulos they're like let's have him be funny i'm like why no one has asked for this
0: that's so true
1: (laughs) why there's no there is no reason i think i could have had great rapport with rick campanelli rick the temp yeah rick the temp oh my god canadian Um, canadian personality staple
0: uh, yes, a hundred percent, yeah, um yeah, I love i much on demand is a good answer that was like us our us trying to have our own t r l from totally, there. and
1: I remember like five thirty that's when it was on,
0: yes, well, it that's it, it would be on like right when I came home from school on the west coast, um, so
1: yeah, there you go, there you go, yeah,
0: that's great, um, okay, and then lastly, um, so out of the my I think the big four reality shows of. The earlier 2000s, would you rather be on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, or Amazing
1: Race? Do you know something? I, and this is so terrible reality television, I mean, I know all those shows, but it's such a blind spot for me. And I actually like hate reality TV because I actually don't like cringe moments happening to people. Like, I hate (laughs) watching someone be embarrassed on tv like i'm like i just can't stomach it if i had to pick one though i guess i'd pick american idol not because i have any prowess as a singer but like i don't have any desire to like race to get anywhere so amazing grace is out i don't want to eat bugs so no <laughs> survivor wait and what was the other one big brother who wants to live in a house with 18 other assholes like what a fucking nightmare I agree. <laughs> a nightmare. I don't even. I couldn't even handle living with another person. No.
0: Mm, yeah, so, that's. I, a- I
1: get. Yeah, I'd pick American Idol.
0: Nice. Um. Okay. So I. That's that's the it for our questionnaire. Um. So Boom. where where uh, where can people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter. It's just my first and last name at Liam Garrow. I should note I also have a podcast called Deep Feels, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's just the show where you know I'm chatting to people about really kind of everything. It's a very loose conversation where I say we kind of talk about everything from like the silly to the serious and i've had some really great guests like i actually just celebrated the 50th episode of the show and i got to interview mike scully who's been a producer on the simpsons for the last 30 years he was a writer on parks and recreation and now he is one of the co-creators of actually a new cartoon being uh fronted by amy poehler called duncanville on fox and um and so if people want to find me there and listen and subscribe to that show it's called deep feels they should uh dive into that
0: yes they should absolutely that's so cool and exciting um for this podcast you can just follow us on instagram at dearest pop culture um and subscribe and rate us five stars and all that good stuff um yeah thanks for listening Bye. bye <laughs>